Hi, this is Sherry from Sandwich Parenting. Today, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, today, I'm interviewing a sandwich kid. Raj Tani is a writer in New York. He focuses on writing about family, food, and culture because he has a very multiracial American perspective. He's half Indian, quarter Italian, and a quarter Puerto Rican. Join me as I talk with Raj Tani. Hey, Raj, how are you? Hey, Sherry, good. How are you? Good. It was so nice to chat just now. And I, I really like uh, who you are and how you write and everything. So thank you so much for spending the time with us today. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to talk with you. So let's let's get right into this because you are um, a product of a mixed culture marriage and you are also American. So tell me a little bit about what your childhood was like. I'm interested in what happens when your parents have to do things differently than they did before. So I grew up in a household. My mother uh, is half Puerto Rican, half Italian American. And mm. my father is an immigrant from India. He came here in the 1970s. They dated in the Queens neighborhood of Jackson Heights. My mother just became, you know, entranced by the Indian culture. And, you know, she already had two rich cultures herself. So she was yeah. pretty fortunate. She's a curious person still is and um she and my father both implemented those cultural values and uh, never forced us to commit to one way or another but just opened it all up to us you know one weekend we're going to an indian puja the next weekend we're hanging out in the bronx at my cousin's house eating pasteles um, <laughs> or my grandma's making meatballs on sundays so i was really blessed and i always say i was spoiled i just didn't know it because we didn't have a lot of money, but what we had was a lot of wonderful cultural identity that I just always assumed was there. I just assumed everybody else had it, but in fact, no, I really yeah. Think, yeah. no, yeah, because you mentioned that your mother was very curious, which is a very uh, positive way to parent, to to cultivate yes. curiosity. Absolutely. You know, even though she was raised Catholic and my father's Hindu, and she would read us the Bible. Uh, you know, a few times a week, she never said you must be Christian or you must follow the faith of Jesus Christ, because she also wanted us to make sure that we went to the Hindu temple to learn that part of our lives as well. And she always believed what she believed and my father believed what he believed and and they never pressured us to choose one way or another, which was actually beautiful because I grew up being very accepting of all religions and all cultures. And I had Muslim friends and Jewish friends and Catholic friends and Protestant friends and Hindu friends. And like, if to me, it didn't mean anything to me, to me, it just meant that's cool. You like what you like. You believe what you believe. And, you know, it, it made me very tolerant toward everybody. It, it also makes your writing very nuanced because I feel that when you write, you do have your own unique perspective, but mm -hmm. you also seem to be able to hold many different perspectives at the same time. This acceptance is reflected in your writing. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I guess I didn't even know I had it. Honestly, I really didn't. I guess I'm naive in that sense because I still view the world with rose-colored glasses in many respects the way I approach people and food and because there's still so much living to do I mean it's you should always be a lifetime learner and never assume you know anything I mean I, I'm I'm most excited when I write I'm, I get most excited to share information because I don't know it yet or maybe I want to tell you about it not because I think I know better than you because I don't know better I don't think anybody does <laughs> 
And and do you think that came from the way your parents parented you? Because when I read your story, uh, I think of them as sandwich parents. I think of them as coming from other places and saying, huh, okay, so now we're going to have an American kid um, and, you know, we're going to have to parent him and, and your brother, I guess. You, you, had a, you have a brother, right? And so they have had, they had to change from the way they were parented to the way they parented you. And so what did they do that was different from the way they were brought up? You know, I don't want to say it's a generational thing in that maybe our generation thinks more deeply into the way we approach parenting. Hey, I, think for, interesting. I think they're even of that mindset of they, they had no idea what they were doing probably. I think it's possible it crossed their mind on how to raise us in a, in a diverse household and culture. But Honestly, I don't think they necessarily thought that much into it. I think they loved each other and they they respected each other's cultures and backgrounds. But I think that's as far as it went. Um, I think they figured the rest out along the way. And, um, you know, I'm not, I don't think they always had an easy time trying to determine what was important for my brother and I to know and how to navigate the world. I think that that took some time for my brother and myself to figure that out. Honestly, it took, it did. I remember growing up, um, we used to both come home from school and we'd be like, you know, why do we have these names? You know, we just, well, can't you name us Nick and Scott? And like, <laughs> we, just want, we just want like straight hair. I remember like, I, I used to straighten my hair in high school because I wanted to look like Ashton Kutcher. And right, was, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, like, I have such, you know, like frizzy, uh, curly hair. I was like, it's never going to happen. But, you know, these are things you have to learn, learn along the way. I think what my parents always made sure was that we had a lot of love and that they never made us feel out of place. They never, um, wow. they, they always made sure to love us and make us feel at, uh, whole, like whole people and that, you know, and that we're not um, lesser than the next kid in town. Or Okay. So this is really interesting because a lot of us grew up feeling like we were striving for more perfection, that we, you know, had to meet higher standards and that uh, we're really never good enough. So do you feel that because you were loved that much and that you were allowed to have your own perspective, like, do you end up feeling more confident about who you are and, and um, how, how you make your decisions? Um, it's funny, you know, I have friends who, who I guess make a concerted effort to let their kids know that they are heard and that their voice matters. And I think that's nice. I just, again, I just don't think my parents thought that deeply into it. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting because I grew up in a more Asian environment and, and as a culture, we mm -hmm. are very much about, um, the face, you know, like how other people think of us, you know, what school did somebody go to, what car they're driving, what right. grades they got. And at some point in time, you kind of feel like I'm defined by the school I went to, or I'm defined right. by my job title. So a lot of the people I grew up with, um, now I'm a lot older than you. So I, a lot of the people that I grew up with, um, at some point in time, myself included, ended up with a breakdown of like, well, I thought I did everything I was supposed to do. And, you know, you know, my, my brain is falling apart. And so right. we, a lot of us are parenting and saying, 
we don't like how we were parented before. You know, we feel that we need to make changes to how we parent our children. And so that's why when you said you're, you, you, you have friends who tell their kids, I hear you. You know, and, and, and I love you, you know, <laughs> because, because we have to consciously do it. Like I have to, I actually have to consciously say to myself, I need to show more appreciation as opposed to only picking on, Hey, you know, you should have uh, did this better. You should have done that better because those are my more natural, you know, things to say. So I'm, I'm fascinated by those who actually grew up in an environment where they don't have to rethink what kind of parenting, you know, that you may want to do in the future, because you don't have kids yet, you have, you have um, animals. Yes, but I think that's, I, I, I actually, you know, I understand what you're saying. I understand why, why you, you do have to speak to your kids and make sure that you tell them those things and reinforce those, those concepts. I get it. I think you make a really good point. I guess you're right. You know, I guess the only thing I can uh, compare it to is because I know Indian culture is very similar in that. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mm -hmm. like growing up with a lot of these uh, Indian friends or family friends and they'd all become doctors. Yeah, exactly. Schools. Yeah. And it's funny because like, I feel like my dad, maybe it was like the hippie in him that he was like a rare breed that he didn't (laughs) push my, he wanted my brother and I to, to be do good things and he, he valued education but he didn't strictly enforce it on us the way some of my korean american or indian american friends yeah. do you feel though that um if your parents were strict on you do you feel that was to your detriment or did you feel they they were doing it out of a, you feel like a necessity to help you or make sure that- so i and this this is a really good question because um and that's that's the interview you viewer in you <laughs> the journalist in you you're turning this around on me um, <laughs> <laughs> um I feel that um, all parents do the best that they can do, okay? So at the end of the day, everybody's just trying to do the best that they can do, given the resources that they have, given the personality that they have, and given the background and skills that they have. So if, if their background included more trauma, even physical for some, um, you, you inadvertently pass that on. So when you talk about your Korean American friends, your Chinese American friends, your Indian American friends, a lot of those uh, parents cause them trauma. And, and so everything they're doing is out of fear, right? As in like, it's a scarcity model or, or a, oh my gosh, if you're not a doctor, you're never going to have enough money or, you know, or, or things like that, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, um, so, so I think that the intention is always... Uh, good, but when when I when I see you write about your dad, you know the 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 love that you have for him, um, the admiration that you have for him, um, the way you write about him, uh, you know being in such good shape, you know, like the the way you talk about him, that's a relationship that a lot of kids don't have with their parents. You're right. You're right. I'm very fortunate in that regard, but I, I, you know, I, I should also tell you, you know, I had some rocky years with my parents too. Um, I, I don't think it was more of a cultural thing as much as it was. I was, I was a re- rebellious kid, but also my parents, you know, weren't perfect either. You know, my parents didn't have a great marriage per se. And I, you know, I, I usually used to side with my mother over my father, but <laughs> yeah. I, as an adult, I grew to really appreciate my father and grew closer to her more and more, especially as I started dating my now wife. You know, she actually took more of an interest in my 
backgrounds than I did. So actually, you know, when I started bringing her a lot of Indian weddings and oh. meeting her, you know, introducing her to the family and the kids, she she actually, I, what I took for granted and thought was just annoying and burdensome, she loved it. And um, so it actually, it helps me reconnect with my father even more and that we have a excellent relationship for years and it's not that we ever didn't love each other it was just it was hard it's hard growing up is hard yes so I understand why you need to make sure that your kids are raised the right way because I guess life screws you up no matter what you try to do you know like when, especially when you when you send your kids out, <laughs> when you send your kids out there in the world you know something's gonna screw them up you know like I don't know like even the monotony of the pandemic can screw our minds up yeah, I I was yeah. actually I would I can't even imagine what it's like to have kids in a house during this last year. I feel for those people. I, I'm grateful actually not have a kid right now because yeah. I can't even imagine what what parents are going through. I, I I hear you. I actually really worry about those who just had babies, like as in like, you know, they just yeah. gave birth and there's this baby that they are now isolated with, you know, to take care of. Um, that I I I actually worry worry about those parents quite a lot. Um, so yes. you're not you're not planning to have a kid until after the pandemic. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, like again, you know, maybe it's I, I get it from my parents in that we don't really plan too much about uh, in life. Like we're just kind of like feeling it out as we go along. I mean, I don't know if it's like a hippy dippy mentality or not. They weren't hippies, but they do have that kind of mentality. You know, I will say, my dad. I mean, just like you were talking about that, they're products of the, their own upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, my father, I guess, grew up with some love and oh, love in his life and appreciated. And he does he he didn't have like a strict Indian household the way I've seen some parents. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it is a trickle down effect from parent to child, parent to child. I think you're absolutely right about that. So now I have a question because what is the background of your partner? You said that she's really interested in the Indian in your Indian background. What's her background? She's a, like a European mix of French, Italian, German. Uh, she also uh, has part Jewish as well. So she wow. grew up with two different religions in her life. Um, she's just an open-minded individual and um, loves exploring, loves learning, loves traveling. Is one of the most tolerant people, if not the tolerant, most tolerant person I know. Wow. Um, I was fortunate to meet her. Um, I, yeah, I mean, she pushed it out of me to be like, what do you like... <laughs> What are you doing? Get in touch with your culture again. Like I haven't been to India since I'm a baby. Uh-huh. And she's like, let's go. I still haven't gone, but I'm trying to plan to go. Uh, you know, she's the one pushing me to say, stop ignoring it. Stop neglecting it. This is a big part of who you are. And if you act like it's not, then, you know, you're merely, you're, you're missing out. You're, okay. You're so then here's my question. Why do you think that you were ignoring it? Why Why do you feel that you didn't pursue having a better, uh, deeper understanding of that part of your life? Oh, I think it absolutely has to do with trying to acclimate to American culture and be growing up in a mostly white neighborhood in school and, and just being completely immersed in the commercialization of our culture and saying, you know, I'd much rather be interested in eating fast food over, you know, eating um, my mom's curry, although I did always love her curry, but I always, you know, I did appreciate <laughs> her food, but I was at the same time, we were always like, let's go out and get burgers. Um, I, I remember yeah. doing that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes a long time to come back around and say, wow, this food is not only really good, it's much better than the crap I've been eating. <laughs> I've been running away from to try to, you know, that kind of stuff. Like um, my mother always 
made that food growing up, Puerto Rican, Indian, and Italian food. So I was really spoiled with that. I always appreciated it. Um, but I guess, you know, when you're trying to figure yourself out and you're, and you're, especially when you're mixed, um, you don't know who to side with, what to side with. You know, yeah. I've had, I've had yeah. girlfriends, I had Indian girlfriend, I had a white quote unquote girlfriend. I had all, <laughs> you know, I hung out, I had all types of friends. I the the one thing that it did for me was that it, I always had friends of different backgrounds. I didn't judge people based on it. But at the same time, you know, all of us were always trying to run away from our own culture growing up. I don't know. Do you think, me asking you again now, do you think that <laughs> kids these days are more inclined to want to understand their own culture and have more pride about it? Or do you still think they're, it's like just classic, it's a classic thing for a child to run away from that culture after they've been in another country? So I moved to California when I was three, and um, I remember deeply uh, this moment, this, this snapshot of me, I think I was under a table or something, and there were people making noises at me, right? And and I just remember thinking like, you know, I guess people make noises here, right? So I was just like making noises back at them, you know, and 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 later I realized, oh, you know, everybody was speaking English at me, and I was making noises at them. <laughs> and um, uh, At the time, it was a very white neighborhood that we lived in. There was probably only one other Chinese family there. And I desperately wanted to be American. I desperately, um, you know, wanted to speak English perfectly and have, well, curly hair, actually, you know, I, I wanted curly hair because mine's just, mine's just straight. You know, I look like a wet cat uh, most of the times because my <laughs> hair is just, you know, this straight. <laughs> Isn't it funny we always want what we can't we don't yeah. originally have yeah it, it it's it's wow. it's it's universal isn't it so i feel that i had been escaping my chinese background you know because i grew up uh in the us now we moved back to taiwan uh when i was uh 11 so yeah. i had to face kind of like a i look like the local people I certainly don't sound or feel like, even my cousin said, you smell like milk. You know, you smell, you smell American, you smell like an American, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and, and so I grew up with, um, you know, first trying to be American and then being immersed in what was supposed to be my own culture, but not really I feel like a foreign. So I felt like a foreigner, no matter where I was really. Right. Uh, so on a good day, I would feel like, hey, look at me. I could, you know, function in any group. I feel okay with this group and I feel okay with that group. And on a bad day, I'm like, I do not feel like I belong, you know, anywhere. <laughs> right. um, and I moved around a lot after that because I just never really, you know, felt like a place was home. This is the first time I've lived in one, any one place for a long time, Toronto. I ended up moving uh, to Toronto. And I've now raised my kids. This is the only house they've ever lived in. Whereas when I was growing up, we we moved all the time. We were like constantly moving. We, we moved, you know, Taiwan, then the U.S., then Canada, then back to uh, Canada, then to the U.S. And then I moved to Canada and then I moved back to Taiwan and then I went to the U.K. and then I went to Hong Kong. You know, so like I was moving all the time, uh, partially running away from who I was, I guess it caught up eventually. And <laughs> Uh, for for me, I wanted to give my kids stability. I, I wanted them to know a neighborhood. I wanted them to, you know, know know their house. Um, so I actually, you know, I've done lots of things differently. Like you said, though, who knows? Life is going to mess you up no matter what. I, I, I 
think I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to make a meme out of that. Life is gonna, ma- you know, mess you up no matter what. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and so I want to go back to for you. you wait, know, wait. I'm sorry. My uh, wife just texted me because she. I guess she's listening. And <laughs> in, in the other room. Oh, is she, what did she say? We're saying though about my dad that she said he was also very defiant. She said the fact that he can hold those traditional values, but he also chose to leave India. I, I think that's a thing that we don't ask our parents enough of. It's like we we feel a certain way about them based on how they treat us, but you, they have their own plight and their own journey. Exactly. That's a whole other. You talk about their own development. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, that's a crazy thing to even imagine. To that they moved. Everything yeah. you knew. Yeah, they left everything they knew to give us what they hope is a better life. And freedoms, right? And freedoms, really. They're, 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 they're freeing us from cultures. Right. So how does that impact the way you make decisions about your life? My dad was like a party guy and my parents were very loving and they kind of let us do whatever the hell we wanted and which was good and bad because I got to, I always was a creative individual and they championed anything I wanted to do creatively. And I loved them. But at the same time, it took a long time to find myself where all my friends were at med school or, you know, they already had jobs right out of college. It took me a long time to graduate college because I was trying to chase like a dream being a musician for so long. Um, To my dad's credit, he supported my crazy ambitions and my crazy creative uh, wishes. And I, I always thought like isn't he embarrassed of his his wacky kids who like are all trying to pursue these creative uh dreams while their kids while all of their kids are already getting married and like having this structured life but honestly i wouldn't trade it now that i look back on it no. because um because i i am who i am today and honestly yeah. like when i wrote that piece for sports illustrated about him and his fitness he was never more proud he's always been proud of me yeah but he was like so taken aback and touched and that piece got shared like all over the world that like yeah. he was reconnecting with old buddies back in India when I became uh to really focus on my writing I always said I'm going to talk about my family because I want to show I guess what I mean is like we would go to these family functions or weddings or whatever and everyone would look like they have such a polished stand-up life and we were always like I always felt like we were like the degenerate race <laughs> family like rock and roll like weirdo dude can't get their shit together. Are we all the curse? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I, I, yes, you, you, if you say what you need to say. You go. <laughs> okay. So, like, I always felt that way, right? Okay. But now, as I've gotten older, and I feel like I'm more established in my life, and I feel I'm much prouder as to who I am as an individual. And when I write these pieces about my family, I, I write it with great pride and affection. Uh, I, and it, it comes through. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Really, I'm writing it for my family. I, I really start off with, I'm going to do this because I want to make my mother proud or I want to make my father proud. That's really where it comes from. So when I see how touched they are and when I see all these fancy, polished families, they're like, wow, I can't believe it. You know, we're so proud. It's a sense of pride, I guess. It's, but it, you know, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is life is this really long, windy road and you can't always predict how your kids will grow up. And you can give them everything and you can tell them to do this and tell them to be this. It doesn't mean those kids are going to be happy adults. Most of my friends who went on that straight and narrow path, as their parents told them, uh, 
are not necessarily happier or better off for it, even if they post photos on social media pretending that that's the case. I don't believe it. I'm definitely happier as an adult having gone through much more of a windy road. So much so that, like, I'll tell you this because it really it was really touching to me. You know, my brother's engaged and I'm married now. You know, something that my parents probably never thought was going to happen with us. <laughs> <laughs> not that we were bad kids we just were you know we just we always like kind of tried to rebel against cultural norms and everything so um this was only after the sports illustrated came out and i'm publishing a lot more about these family essays and um my dad we were at just at christmas celebrating all together and he just started like to cry and i don't think i've ever seen my father cry before he didn't tell me why but i think when you go through so much in life and as you get older and you reflect, and I guess for, as a parent, all you want to know is that you did an okay job and that your kids acknowledge you and they appreciate you. And I think that meant the, the world to him, not only to see, not only to write these sweet pieces and people are appreciating it, but that his kids are all right. You know, that all through all those windy roads that his kids, they're going to be okay, that he can leave whenever he's going to leave and know that I don't know that just it was very it was it really affected me thank you for sharing that moment because I think that is the moment that most parents want to have one day and for a lot of parents they fear that they won't have that moment and so you kind of overcompensate you know, by saying, okay, uh, today we're going to take them to the math program and then we're going to do the music program because, you know, music is good for the brain. Okay. And then you must eat kale uh, because, you know, that's <laughs> going to make your body better. And so we're going to drink organic milk. And so you, you, you start going into this overdrive of how do I ensure that my kids are going to be okay so that one day I can have that moment. Right. And right. yet what your parents did was we're going to do our best. We're mm -hmm. going to support them. We're going to love them. We're going to try to keep them out of trouble, but we're really not going to force them to do some, some kind of external expectation thing that they have to meet up with. Right. They, they, they never did that. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, um, that's really powerful. And so you're, you're a happy, healthy adult married with, yeah pets and <laughs> considering children not sure yet but considering. considering children okay well so what would you what would you keep uh, as a parent um i feel like we should get your wife in on this but how would you two want to raise your children i think very similarly to my, the way my parents raised me and as well as the way her parents raised her, which was similar, you know, also supporting her creative ambitions and mm. letting her be herself. Definitely to be an individual. I mean, I definitely think that we'd probably be a little more conscious of what, what we say, what we do. I mean, I think you, you know, you, again, you were right about that because you, you do think about it. Maybe we think about it more today than we did back then, but you know, I could already see the way we treat our, our puppy, like, and how, like, and everything we put into our body and everything, the way we groom her, like everything has to be, you know, make sure she's okay. Like, yeah. We don't want to lose. You have to make sure you're okay. Um, Let's get insurance for the vet veterinarian. And 
So, um, so now we've got Michelle on for a few minutes. Maybe we can expand on the question about parenting. Tell me a little bit more about how the two of you would parent when you have kids. Yes. When I was listening to Raj, I think it's really interesting because I always think in a relationship, you have this dichotomy, you know, between um, he's definitely more of a loosey goosey type. I always say, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure after talking to you, you're like, oh, that makes total sense. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I love my in-laws, you know, but he was raised like, you know, we always make a joke. Like they were like, you know, super hippies, which they were in so many ways and what makes them so lovely. Um, and like, for me, my parents were very, I am who I am because they were very open and very tolerant. And I was raised in so many different backgrounds and religions. I think Raj mentioned briefly, but I think the difference was I also had a lot of, for my mom, she was definitely more of a structured person. So there was like certain expectations I had to meet according to my mom. Right. So I say this because I think that's probably pretty much how we function as like a couple. Did you Uh agree? Did you agree? Yes. So I provide, I think, more structure. <laughs> and and, and uh, it was an interesting pause after you said structure. So I feel like there's more words in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I she gives me a good kick in the ass. Exactly. Oh, there you go. That's what it is. I know. I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, trying to be, you know, I don't know, polite, I guess. But yeah, I have to give him the big boot in the ass every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the same in most relationships. Somebody has to be the one that says, uh, hey, let's raise the standard. And uh, (laughs) just just a little, right? Just just a tad. Just just a tad. (laughs) That's kind of how we are. We got we got a puppy recently and she's she's 10 months now. And so I know I was like, oh, get the puppy before the child. We're not sure if we're having children. But if we did, I still imagine being similar to how the pup, how we do the, how we work with the puppy. Right, right. He's all mushy, mushy, mushy. Oh, baby, baby, I love you, I love you, I love you. And me, I'm like, you have to tell her no. <laughs> you, you, right. you, like no peeing on the carpet. Like yeah. this, this, has to, this has to be outside. We can't, we can't let you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I imagine that's how it would probably be. Well, I don't think I'd let the baby pee in its diaper. And probably then... not, but well, well, no, they have in their diapers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty loosey goosey, Raj. Um, <laughs> oh, That's man. hilarious. Let me tell you this this is the funniest. Like, most of the people that I've talked to is so we sort of knew how we would parent, yeah, and then we had a kid. <laughs> like everything, <laughs> everything goes out the window because it's like nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's, it's yeah, because I think most of most of our friends have children, so I would say yeah, yeah, that's nobody that's, knows, nobody knows, nobody and, knows. Know, I remember this thing. So my my mom, this always stays with me. My mom, when I was a kid, and I was growing up, she always told me like I would make. She goes, look, she's like, I'm I'm human. She's like, I'm gonna make some good calls and I'm gonna make some bad calls. And she's like, but just know I always have your best interest. And that's how I grew up. And that was my mom. So it was like, it's always stayed with me. Like, I love so that. I, it was beautiful because I always was able to see my mom as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And not you know? as, yeah. And not as a, a, a position. Like, yeah. not, not yeah. as in like, this is a role and I'm really, uh, me in relationship to this role. It's yeah. more like, this is a person. To me, it just made sense as a kid. I'm like, okay, yeah. I make mistakes too. Okay. So does she. Okay. I get it. 
And I think that's really powerful because a lot of us grew up thinking that we can't make mistakes. But I think that if you grow up knowing that you can and that you can learn from it and that our parents also make mistakes, but then they, you know, do what they do to fix it or whatever. Um, it's a healthier uh, yeah. A relationship. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's a good point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love what you're doing. It's wonderful. Thank you. So, yeah. It sounds scary to raise a child, to be honest with you. I don't even, I don't know how you do it. I really don't. It sounds, it sounds like a, like the most difficult thing in the world. And I have tremendous respect for you and many other parents out there. I think just really love is always really at the, should be at the core of everything. I completely agree with you. And I thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about your family, the way you grew up and, you know, this final message, I think is very fitting, you know, which is love really needs to be at the core of everything and respect. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you, Sherry. It was really wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Sandwich Parenting. Visit us at www.sandwichparenting.com or drop me a line at sherry at sandwichparenting.com.